subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for conversations with veterinarians, oncologists, rehab therapists, and other experts discussing amputation for dogs and cats. Find more info, helpful care tips, and a free gift at tripods.com slash radio. Thank you for tuning in to Tripod Talk Radio, where we're spreading the word that it's better to hop on three legs than limp on four. Hosted by Jim and Renee and Wyatt Ray of the Tripod Blogs community at Tripods.com, Jerry's Place for canine amputees and their people. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Tripod Talk Radio, and today is Tuesday, April 23rd, 2013. This show is live, so call 646-716-5450 with your questions, or join us in the live chat room at tripods.com slash chat. We're really excited to speak with our very special guest today, Dr. Patty, Patty Cooley, creator of the new Fat Dog Diet app available for iPhone. Dr. Cooley is a small animal vet practicing in Miami, Florida, with a long list of credentials and writing credits you can see at drpattycooley.com. That's K-H-U-L-Y, drpattycooley.com. To learn more about her new app uh, that you can use to help keep your dog healthy, please visit thefatdogdiet.com. We are longtime followers of Dr. Cooley's Doolittler blog and look forward to discussing the importance of a healthy dog diet, especially for those loving life on three legs. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Cooley. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's always good to hear from you. Hi, Dr. Cooley. This is Renee here. It's so great to have you on the show today. Hey, Renee. Hi. Nice to hear you, too. Hi. Yeah. Well, we're excited about this, and and your app is just so timely because uh, we deal with a lot of dogs who suddenly find that they've lost a leg and we need to lose weight very quickly in order to get around yeah. easier. Emergency yeah. So, right. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk about your app first. Um, what is the Fat Dog Diet app, and, and why did you create it? It's a simple iPhone app. That basically, you just put in your dog's information, just name and weight and what your vet thinks he should weigh or, you know, you kind of there's a little pictorial reference to help you figure out how much he should weigh and um, and the food you're feeding. And it tells you exactly how much you should feed and you put in what kind of treats you're feeding and tells you how many of those treats you should feed and basically just allows you to track along, you know, how much you should, how many calories you should be giving in terms of cups of food so that it basically spits out a little prescription for you of how many cups of food, how many treats and or containers of food if you're feeding moist food or raw food, and um, and also just basically tells you how much exercise you need. And it's a really simple thing. And the funny thing is that we used to, veterinarians, I did it because we have to sit there and calculate uh, how many calories uh, you need and for your individual dog every time with each, and every time we see a fat dog come into the office, which is probably about, hmm, about, three to six times a day for me, and um, wow. or, or a cat too sometimes. But I'm working on the fat cat app, that that's a separate, oh, cool. that's a separate diet. But, yeah, but yeah, we'll stick to dogs today. 
But um, but yeah, and so what do we do is we just sit there and we calculate. We say how what kind of food are you feeding? This is how many calories you need. And if you're feeding this food, then this is how many calories, this is how many cups or containers of this food you need. And it takes a long time, and it's not an easy thing. And you don't really – you'll ask most people, and they'll say, well, why didn't my veterinarian do that? It's because I wouldn't do that. It takes forever. You have to have like a separate – set up a special nutrition consultation kind of visit. And it's just not really easy to do. So we end up not – doing it and uh-huh. which every year the dog comes back fatter and it's kind of partly our fault too i guess if we didn't tell you exactly what you needed to do we tell you the obvious which is to feed less but uh-huh. a lot of people really don't do well with that you need to tell them exactly how much less they need to feed and that's what the app does yeah that's what i i really like about it um we've been playing around with it for our dog wyatt and I'll tell you why it is, is at what we think is an ideal weight. Um, so, you know, I, in playing around with it, uh, he he appears to be right within the range of, of where he should be. Um, but there's a lot of people out there. I, I was just talking to a gentleman who has two Goldens. They're both males. They're both about the same age. One is an ideal weight of 80 pounds, and the other one is 120 pounds. And wow. um, he's ha- yeah, and he's having a real challenge because um, you know his vet told him just feed him less. Um, so he, the both dogs get the same amount of food, but he, um, I know. the big dog is isn't yeah. losing any weight, and so so it's really hard. Yeah. Now the dog's on three legs, and now he's got to lose weight really quick. Um, yeah, and it's but, really, it's true that they're all different. They're all different. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and. Um, so in terms of who should use your app, um, uh, what is what is the ideal uh, dog uh, person who, who needs to get this? The fun thing is that it's, it really could be for any dog. I know it's for anybody whose dog really needs to lose weight, for sure. Anybody who's uh, – it, it should be pretty obvious to you whether your dog is overweight or not, but if not, you should ask your veterinarian. If your veterinarian uh-huh. says your dog is overweight, then that's definitely for you. But I also use it for weight maintenance. For my for my clients, I just, you know, I have the app in the exam room and I can tell them, you know, right away, immediately, like, okay, if you want to maintain weight, this is what, how much you need to feed. So anybody can use it. And right now it's free. So it's just an easy thing if you have an iPhone. So um, just it to is, go pop over and get it. Yeah, and, you so, know, I have to tell you, um, we were <laughs> – we couldn't figure out how to turn off the notifications that bark at oh, you. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the phone was waking us up at you know eleven thirty, twelve at night. And barking at us. Sorry, it's you know that's coming in the new iteration. I'm like, because you know you can't turn off the notifications, but that's an iPhone thing. You have to go to you have to go to your settings and turn right. off notifications. You don't know how to do that yet. I'm gonna have to teach you. <laughs> you know what? I just figured it out because I just noticed it on the Fat Dog Facebook page. <laughs> Yay! So, yeah, so, so that's a, I love that page, by the way. That's a really great resource there. Yeah, I'll be working more on it as soon as I come up with a little app page for it. I've, you know, it's kind of fun to be having an app and, and, and practicing full-time and, and writing um, eight articles a week. It's, it's really, it's a lot of stuff to do, but it's really fun, actually, you know. I get so many You have apps, always so much happy feedback. Oh, it's too much work, but you know, but but I love doing it. So, as I'm sure you love doing it's what you're doing, awesome. because I'm always amazed at all the stuff you guys get done. So, oh, thanks. 
<laughs> well, uh, you know, you are out there and you're helping people so much. And and this this app and this whole focus on losing weight and just calling overweight dogs fat. I mean, I know it seems offensive to a lot of people, but um, what made you take that term and run with it <laughs> for this app? You know, I kind of want to desensitize people a little bit to it, and in a way, um, you know, I don't want them. I mean, it's one thing when you call a person fat, but when you call a dog fat, I mean, they're just kind of like, hey, you know, they stick out their tongue, they give you a sloppy look, and, you know, they don't know <laughs> what we're calling them, and um, and at the same time, it, it really it, it helps get it through people's heads that their dog mm-hmm. needs help. Then that's what I want. You know, I don't really wasn't wanting to come up with something. Um, funny I, I wanted something that would be that would be kind of like have people wake up a little bit to the fact that it's 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 kind of cute to see pictures of fat dogs and everything but but when you see them the way you and I see them when they're really trying hard to get along on those three legs it's it's not funny anymore and so yeah. I, I kind of think it's it's important to have people say to wake up and say okay my dog really is fat and and i don't say it to be mean i say it because you know it's a tough love Mm -hmm. we want them to be Mm -hmm. we want them to be healthy nobody wants you know to insult anybody we just want a better healthier happier dog and um and it tends to happen more often in, in my experience when people get it and uh and sometimes it takes using that the f word you know uh-huh. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, you know, when it, when it comes to this obesity problem that we, that we have with, with dogs, if, if we know that there's so many obese dogs out there, why does it still seem that there are so few vets who are, don't seem to be knowledgeable about nutrition? You know, it's kind of that is we've got a history of that in our profession, and um, and there's and that's really there's a very long answer to that question um, because it's kind of institutionalized, and the reason why we've never really progressed, well, we've never really developed that muscle in our arsenal, if you want to put, and that was a mixed metaphor if ever there was one, but the reason we've never gone there is because we always outsource nutrition. We always had comp- other companies, you know, nutrition, pet nutrition companies uh, do it for us. And in many uh-huh. ways, the way veterinary medicine evolved, we got a lot better at medicine and surgery um, and in a very quick way over a couple of decades. And since nutrition we had already outsourced to the companies, it didn't progress along with our knowledge of general medicine and surgery, et cetera. I mean, we just didn't have the same degree of uh, teaching. We didn't have great teaching there. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's a, it's a little bit of a touchy subject, and I've gotten into a lot of trouble with um, uh, my veterinary peers on this. But I think ultimately we do all agree that we need to get better in that department. And veterinarians, individual veterinarians, need to take on more of that responsibility. But I actually don't believe that that's why we've got so many fat pets. I think that's more of a cultural issue Um and it's part of the foodist love culture that we here in America um, know and love. And um, and I and I think that uh, veterinarians could be doing more to help. But it is 
it's not because we don't get nutrition that it happens. In fact, I think one good thing I can say about a professional on that score is that we are starting to get much better in this department. Um, I've seen a lot more individual veterinary nutritionists um, graduate and start practicing n- nutrition dog nutrition and cat nutrition in ways that we've never seen before. Um, Instead of working for these big companies, they're now working for themselves, providing individual nutrition services. And so, for example, now when I have really sick patients that have very unique nutritional needs and weight loss needs at the same time, I can just call up a service at the University of Tennessee and have a nutritionist, you know, come up with a special diet. So we are doing some new cool things there, and I predict this is one of the areas where veterinary medicine is going to grow really nicely in the next decade. You know, I think you're you're absolutely right. Uh, we just discovered a, a home cooking dog food company out of Southern California called Just Food for Dogs, and they have a nutritionist on staff that will work with customers to create custom meals for their dogs. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it is totally That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's where we're, so head. that's where we're so, headed. I, I hope so because uh, we tested their food not too long ago, and it is wonderful. And to think that a dog with cancer or a kidney disease or something can get a, a specific recipe just for them, um, I mean, that could take yep. so much worry off of the parents' minds. Oh, um, absolutely. To know that you're doing everything you can, it's awesome. Yeah, so if if somebody wanted to contact a veterinary nutritionist to help them, uh, what do they do? Because I know they're kind of hard to find. I mean, we've looked for some, and, and I know there's not too many resources out there. Where where would you point people to? A, a central resource that I would send people to is aavn.org, the American Academy of Veterinary Nutritionists, their website, um, aavn.org. And they've okay. got, uh, you know, there's a there's a tab there for nutritional resources, nutrition resources, and you've got veterinarians. List services listed where um, veterinarians can call on behalf of their clients. So if a pet owner wants their veterinarian to to help them, um, then the veterinarian could use their individual, their private veterinarian could then call this service. But then there are other services listed that where people could call individually and get uh, individual nutrition recommendations through a veterinary oh, nutritionist. Cool. org. Cool. Got it. Okay. And I think that's also on your your uh, resources page for fat dog diet. Yeah, right? it is actually. Yeah, we do have a lot of on my on my website. If you go to thefatdogdiet.com, not only can you find where to get the app, but you can find um, lots of fun resources, including my blog, which I'm still working on. And uh, my blog is called Heavy Petting, which I still think uh-huh. is really funny. But <laughs> I do too. I love it. <laughs> I'm working on that one. Okay. You go. <laughs> so um, let's let's um, start with some um, basic suggestions here for people who have yeah. overweight dogs. In in addition to st- to getting your app, of course, what are some other yeah. suggestions that you can offer people? Well, it's just you got to integrate all your changes into your lifestyle. So obviously it's the same thing that your doctor tells you when your doctor says, hey, you need to lose some weight. You need to change your lifestyle. And you don't need to do like a huge major change. You just need lots of little changes that you can slowly incorporate. I tend to tell people they need to start uh, thinking about exercising with their dog because not only is that great for them and their own health, the human health aspect of it, but this is how dogs love 
just that's it's such a great uh, relationship builder. Just walking with your dogs, mm-hmm. so many great toys that you can use to play fetch, and that kind of a doing that on a daily basis, and even just starting at like five minutes here and there is is really huge. I mean, most dogs need mm-hmm. at least a good twenty minutes of hard exercise a day in addition to their walking around and doing all their basic up and down that they do throughout the day, but 20 minutes of hard exercise. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, and you know, you can, you can get there very slowly and gradually by, by playing with your human. So that's what, I, that's what I tell my patients. Play with your human. That's a fun way. Yeah, a fun way to, to, to do this. Um, but when we're talking about dogs with three legs, you know, a lot of them have really um, limited uh, capabilities as far as distance and, and how long they can be out there. Yes. Um, yeah, what are some goes things people should dogs. keep in mind? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, well, yeah, that's why, that's why a lot of, if you, if you look at what are some of the results the app spits out, it tells you, hey, only five minutes of exercise a day. And that's because, you know, some of these, uh, some of these dogs are like really obese and they're 12 years old. And, and that's a really rough place to be when you're 12, being obese. Add in, uh, you know, a missing limb and, um, and you've got a recipe for needing to go very slow. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it really, at that point, the most important thing to look out for is signs of of not only heat, strain, and stress, the same the kinds of things that you would look for in that include, you know, bright red mucous membranes, um, uh, very uh, panting very heavily. They can't they can't close their mouths because they're constantly with their tongue out of, out of their mouth. You know, they they want to sit down and lay down even though you know you know that they want to keep moving. All those obvious signs of heat stress. Um, you need to you obviously need to stop and 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 get your dog some water immediately. In fact, I would say whenever you're starting on an exercise program, you need to stay very close to water to uh-huh. the where there's a hose or something like that. Of course, I live in Miami, so a lot of what I'm telling you <laughs> may not apply to you, Renee, there in Colorado, but you've got <laughs> not right now of, anyways. You've got feet of of snow or something. But still, it's one of those things that um, you have to. You definitely have to progress very slowly, which can which can you know frustrate people because a lot of people they want an immediate change. But obviously, you need to do things slowly. The good thing for people to keep in mind, though, is that just as in human um, humans losing weight, the important thing to know is that is that exercise really, in terms of weight loss, generally only accounts for about 20% of what you've got to do. 80% of that weight is going to come off, come off with, you know, related to how many calories you, um, you do not take in. So it's going to be dietary. So try not to, people should try not to stress out too much about getting their dogs up and moving that too quickly. They should really be more about the diet aspect of it, get some of that weight off, so that you don't really have to stress your dog out. I mean, imagine if you're moving, you know, 80 pounds of weight when you're really supposed to be weighing only 50 pounds of weight and you've got one less leg to do it on, it really sometimes is better to say, okay, let's not do too much exercise. Let's just concentrate on the diet aspect and shed those pounds first. And then, of course, talk to your veterinarian about pain relief, you know, uh, using a pain relief protocol along with that because a lot of these dogs already have a lot of arthritic changes um, in addition. So so that obviously is going to help your dog get up and move around, especially at the very beginning. Sometimes we don't want to keep a dog on pain control for the rest of their lives, but 
but at least um, at the beginning, sometimes that's helpful. Obviously, you need to talk to your veterinarian about that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we do have a lot of people who are really hesitant to use pain medication for more than a few days after surgery. But um, right. what you're saying is they might need it a little bit longer just because they need that extra extra help. Absolutely, especially when you've got all those other joints taking up all that, you know, all that, that weight that wasn't on them previously. They're compensating, and sometimes that compensation means that uh, all that extra creakiness. I mean, they may not even have pain from that leg anymore. In many cases, as uh-huh. you know, it's a, such a tremendous relief not to have that that leg again that, you know, right. they're just beginning to start to feel creakiness in the other legs that they probably haven't felt for a long time. It's really the other limbs that are that are getting to be the problem or the, or the back. You'll see a lot of dogs uh-huh. that have spondylosis or other osteoarthritic changes in their spine um, related to years and years of wear and tear that they never felt before. <laughs> and now it's all it's all coming to bear at, at this point, and it's, it's a good idea in many cases to, to consider the use of an anti-inflammatory or medication for a, a month or two while you're getting that weight loss because it'll help them move around a lot better. But again, this is a very individualized situation that you need to discuss mm-hmm. with your veterinarian. Good, good advice there. Thank you. Um, now, I want to talk about um, uh, a little bit about uh, home cooking and, and raw foods and things like that. Um, Ooh, fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, because a lot of our members, you know, they're dealing with cancer. They want to make um, some some changes to help their dog fight this cancer. Um, what right. do you have an opinion about feeding raw or, or home cooked diets? Well, uh, this is one of the spiciest topics in vet medicine right now, in um, mm-hmm. in veterinary nutrition certainly. What the the deal is that veterinarians have recently, as as a group, we have we have recently come down pretty hard against the use of raw foods. Um, just mm-hmm. because we have we have learned through some some studies that that humans are actually susceptible to infections that can be carried um, via dogs that are fed raw food. So so humans can get salmonella, for example, um, from feeding their dogs raw foods um, mm-hmm. if that raw food does contain salmonella. So even while the pets can actually do really well. Um, and uh, if there is salmonella in their food, theoretically the humans can get it. And as such, it's a public health issue. So I just want to give you that background so that you understand why veterinarians in general recently are saying no, 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 absolutely no to raw foods. Uh, on the other mm-hmm. hand, um, we there are clearly there are positives to feeding raw from my point of view. Um, and as there some of the and and you know we're not exactly sure what the positives are that's the problem because we have not had the luxury of studying them um in a in the way that we study a lot of the things that cause us problems so for example raw foods we know can be helpful for um dogs to in in terms of their ability to they especially if you're getting stuff that's very difficult to chew so those dogs obviously do better in terms of their dental health. Um, a lot of people believe that their dog's coat is going to be better, that they will do better on, that they will have fewer allergies. Um, a lot of these things are, they're all largely unconfirmed. However, anecdotally, we, as a veterinarian, I do see that people who feed, many people who feed their dogs raw have um, dogs that are extremely healthy and um, and 
I don't have any studies that show me that it's from the raw food. I can't say for sure, but what I do tell people who want to see it, see it raw is go for it as long as you don't, as you understand the risks to yourself, mm-hmm. and uh, and that you and that you know what kind of uh, products you're buying. But as to can it help with cancers and whatnot, m- maybe, and um, and and yes. So that's where I'm at as far as also weight loss goes. We're sure of it. Dogs maintain optimum weight better than other kinds of food. Um, some people swear that it does, and and I got to tell you, the more uh, and, and here's where it gets very tricky. I, I every dog that I happen to have in my hospital right now is doing is doing beautifully and um, is. Uh, looks wonderful, and I wish they all looked like these dogs, but I can't attribute mm-hmm. it to the raw. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So we've got we've got that kind of situation where I do wish we could get to the point where we were all um, on the same page on this, and the only way that that's going to happen is if we start studying the positives of feeding raw in addition to the negatives of feeding raw, which we uh, we, we know a whole lot about. Yeah, I'm, I'd love to see that day happen. I'd love to see yeah. that. So, um, yeah, we I, have I, a – go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Okay, um, well, we have a, a member uh, who has a question. Um, Micah wants to ask you, are there any known cancer-fighting foods that I can safely feed my dog to supplement her normal diet? I feed my 12-year-old Shepherd Mix, Wellness Brand Super 5, with a scoop of wellness brand stew mixed in to keep it interesting. So she's looking for something that can um, give an extra boost, I guess, to uh, her diet. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, don't. This is where I like always feel so guilty because I am, I am a very much a um, an allopath. I'm your traditional healthcare provider, and I'm as such. I kind of go on the science, and we don't have any science that tells us that any one nutrient over any other is going to be any more cancer fighting. What I do say is that I tend to do what um, the human physicians are saying, which is basically the less processed, the more natural, um, the the closer your food is to the source, um, the likelier that it's going to be more more biologically available and therefore best for your pet. So Mm -hmm. I tend to even go with home cooking and... um, and I actually really do prefer, and I know this is, and, I, and that's a wonderful brand, and there are really great brands out there, by the way, now with the explosion of um, of nutrition companies, pet nutrition companies, I'm we really have a whole lot to select from. But I'm still a big home cooking advocate. Um, so uh-huh. you may just want to add, um, talk to a nutritionist and add, mm-hmm. go to avn.org find a nutritionist and um and have them come up with a supplement to your diet so that you can at least have some of your food commercial and and cook some of your food because I think that that's actually the the best thing um mm-hmm. as much home cooking as you should po- as you can possibly do is ideal but um that's a separate issue from raw obviously but um but um, it, it is to, it, it is Home cooking is really um, my preferred approach, especially if you know where all the food is coming from, where all the ingredients are coming from. 
Right. Now, we, we tried home cooking for our, our shepherd, Wyatt, and uh, found that he was eating 12 cups a day. <laughs> so that, uh, wow. obviously, I could, yeah, and he, when he was a lot younger. And I could not keep up with that. So I went No, that's to a lot, a, yeah. It was a lot, yeah. He was eating like crazy. And I think I was doing something wrong. I, I don't think I was putting in enough nutrients and protein in there to keep him happy. So what are some resources people can go to if they want to try to do their own home cooking? That's the same thing, AHCN.org. That's what I tell people. Okay. It's like, go find a nutritionist. You'll find a nutritionist, mm-hmm. and they'll come up with a recipe for you, and then cook according to that recipe. And the good news is that they'll usually give you um, variations on that recipe, so you never have to actually give the same food twice if you don't want to. You can vary it in a few different ways. Um, so, for example, my sister works with the University of California, Davis, their nutrition service, and she uh-huh. comes up with, uh, and she she has a, a recipe that she uses, and she alters some of the carbohydrates, and she alters some of the uh, some of the proteins, and so that every single time she makes it, it's a little different, but it's all still cool. according to one set recipe. And yeah, she makes mm-hmm. tons of it, and a lot of times, what people do is they're like, okay, I'll cook. I'll cook for half of their food, and then all the rest I'll feed commercial because you know, yeah. uh, you know, I only have enough time to do this. And of course, she freezes a lot. And and, oh, and yeah. frankly, when you get good at it, and and you're kind of on a roll, you know that you can almost kind of make this stuff in your sleep, and um, and mm-hmm. then and then put it into different containers into the fridge at night. And um, and that's and that's really the ideal way to do things. Now, I say, by the way, I want I want it to be clear that I do not sure. always home cook for my animals because uh-huh. I am really busy. So I don't want people to think that, you know, that I am, am you know, that I always do the what I practice, what I preach. But, um, mm-hmm. but I do think it's a really good thing to do if you can manage it. That's really good to hear because I, I tended to feel really guilty about doing half commercial, half home cooked. But it looks like Jim is going to kick me off the air right now. I'm going to put him online real quick for you. Okay. Dr. K, just wanted to thank you once again for your time. And <laughs> Dr. Cooley, um, wonderful wonderful information. We're going to have this available at downloads.tripods.com. I also want to thank everyone for listening. And people can visit thefatdogdiet.com for details about Dr. Cooley's iPhone app and read her Doolittle blog at drpattycooley.com. Thanks again. Thank you. Until next time on Tripod Talk Radio, learn more about canine amputation recovery and find the best gear for three-legged dogs at tripods.com. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for more pet amputation tips from experts. And claim your free gift just for listeners at downloads.tripods.com slash podcast.